you got your Bible, you're in 1 Samuel chapter number 3 tonight. 1 Samuel chapter 3, let's again the story of Samuel. And I uh, want to just kind of walk through the story and give some thoughts for that tonight. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you again for the evening already. <clears throat> Lord, uh, thanks for bringing Brother Middle Books on this particular night. Again, to prepare us and think, thinking about, Lord, thank you so much for what you're going to do with them as far as starting a church in Hayes. And Lord, would you continue uh, to guide and direct our church concerning the start here in Topeka. And Lord, there's so many unknowns. Thank you again that you, you see it all. Help us again to trust you, walk by faith, and again, do what true will is. Father, I thank you tonight for David and Delight. Thank you for their surrender. Lord, maybe tonight would be a night that somebody else would say, I'm willing to go. And uh, Father, again, help us all to be that person. Now, Father, again, bless your word. Teach us, feed us, help us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, First Samuel chapter number three. Look at verse number one with me. First Samuel three, verse number one. The child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep. What verse are we on tonight? Good. The rest of you that are not paying attention, we're on verse 4. That the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I. For thou callest me. And he said, I called not. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I. For thou didst call me. And he answered I, and answered, I called not my son, lie uh, down again. Verse 7 says, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be, if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord. For thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place, and the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel, at which both the ears of every one that heareth it shall tingle. And that day I will perform against Eli all things which I have spoken concerning his house. When I begin, I will also make an end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth, because his sons made themselves vile, and he restrained them not. And therefore I have sworn unto the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be purged with sacrifice nor offering forever. And Samuel lay until the morning and opened up the doors of the house of the Lord, and Samuel feared to show Eli the vision. Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he answered, Here am I. And he said, What is the thing that the Lord hath said unto thee? I pray thee, hide it not from me. God do so to thee, and more also, if thou hide anything from me of all the things that he said unto thee. And Samuel told him every whit, and hid nothing from him. And he said, It is the Lord, let him do what seemeth him good. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and did let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan even to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord." Church, I mean, the key verse tonight is verse number seven. If you want to go back there, let's look at it again. Verse seven says this. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. I want to talk to you for a few moments on that, this thought. You do not know the Lord yet. You know, Samuel's an interesting Bible character. We have book, two books of the Bible with his name mentioned on it. Samuel was the prophet. Samuel was the one that his mother prayed for. And, she, and he's brought, as, a, as she said, he'll be lent unto the Lord for the days of his life. And she comes and brings him after he's weaned, brings him to Eli. And he's raised there at the tabernacle. 
Church family, all of us need to know the Lord. All of us need to know him for salvation, but we also need to know him for sanctification. We need as the Christian life to know God. Uh, can I just tell you that uh, knowing of God and knowing God's two different things. And by the way, let's make the parallel. Salvation-wise, there's a lot of people, like he mentioned uh, tonight, that had made a profession of faith, but not a possession of faith. In other words, they, they knew about God. They knew he died on the cross, but they never really, if I can say, talked to him in the sense of believing and receiving. The salvation, yes, knowing God. But you're saying, as a Christian, a person can no, not know God. All right? In other words, they can be raised in church, know the things of God, but not really have a personal relationship with God. They can come sit in a church service and hear sermon after sermon after sermon, and God never speak to them. They never come down and bend a knee at an invitation time because they've never been pulled by the Holy Spirit of God about something in their life or surrendering their life. All of us should have that desire to want to know God. We should not just have our devotions to get done with them. We should not just come to church just to say we've come. We ought to want to come to church because we want to actually hear from God. We ought to be able to have our devotions because we want God to speak to us. I don't know what percentage it might be, but there, I, I can say for sure that not every person inside this room truly wants to know God. I don't, I don't believe that it's just in everybody. Moses was one of those few people that he said he wanted to know God. And Moses, of course, God, Moses, God, and God, God, I should say Moses, knew God in, in that sense of, uh, in a personal relationship. There are other people that God spoke to. Isaiah, he presented himself and God spoke to him. And, there, and, and there's other Bible characters, Elijah, who got along with God and heard the still small voice. But we ought to want to know God. But tonight, I want to deal with Samuel in the sense that he didn't know God yet. You know, I think there's a lot of young people in our church and possibly some adults in here that you, you just don't know God yet. In other words, the day's coming. The day's coming when the light's going to turn on. The day, and, and again, I, I can't say that it's going to happen for everybody. Uh, can I show you the verse real quickly? Look at chapter 2 of this, uh, just prior to this. It's interesting what the Bible says about Hophni and Phinehas in chapter 2. Look at verse number 12. 1 Samuel 2, 12. Now again, Hophni and Phinehas was Eli's sons. It says, now the sons of Eli were sons of Belial. Say the last phrase of verse 12 with me. Ready? They knew not the Lord. Now just let me think for a second. These were priests. These were people who were doing the tabernacle duties. Uh, they would bring sacrifices. They would sacrifice them, and they were the representative for God. And the Bible says they didn't even know God. Now, these were adults, by the way. These were not young people. And so here you have Samuel, who the Bible is calling a child, and he's ministering. But yet, even as a child, he didn't know God. And, and tonight, I, I feel like even our church will always have some, as they grow up in church here, you don't really know God. You hear messages, and you hear about God. But, you, but you're not to the place yet that you want to get up in the morning so that you can actually spend time with God because you know God. Or you're not to the place yet that when you really pray and say, God, am I supposed to take this job? Or God, am I supposed to go this direction in our lives? That you don't really have direction. You don't hear God say anything to you. And, and part of it really, I think a major part, is that you just don't know God. And I don't mean that as an insult tonight. I think there's many of our young people that there is going to come a time in their life, and I wish it was now. I wish we could say, okay, Everybody knows God. Everybody has a desire to know God. God speaks to everybody. But you're telling me, even in Samuel's life, there was a particular time in Samuel's life where God called him, and it took Eli to say, okay, now I know what's happening. It's time for you to know God. Now, tonight, I want to just show you four things from this particular chapter that will cause you to know God. And if you don't know God yet, you can know God. And when you look at Samuel's life, I think there's some things that Samuel did that caused Samuel to know God and for God to use him like he did. All right, let's look at the clip tonight. Look at the first one. I want you to jump. I'm going to just pinpoint some verses with you. But look at chapter 2 with me, verse number 11. First Samuel 2, verse number 11 says, And Elkanah went to Ramah to his house, 
and the child, talking about Samuel, and the child did minister unto the Lord. Look at verse number 18, the same chapter. Verse number 18 says this, but Samuel ministered before the Lord being a child. Look at chapter 3 and verse number 1, the same kind of phrase is mentioned. It says, and the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord. Now, church, I mean, we all understand that verse number 7 says that Samuel did not know the Lord yet, but all three verses about Samuel's ministering took place before he knew God. Hey, can I just tell you, I know our children don't understand right now why they have to get up and run on, get on a bus route and go bring children to Sunday school. I know our children don't understand right now where they need to help out when they're trying to take care of things around the church or when things need to be fixed. I know our children don't understand right now why they need to go door distribution and put door hangers on doors. I know they don't understand right now all of these ministry-related things, but I'm just trying to tell you that before Samuel knew God, he didn't know why he was doing what he was doing either. The goal of training our children to be involved in ministry is so that one day they know God. Amen. That's the bottom line. It's not that we can figure it all out. And you young people tonight, it's not that you're going to figure it all out. I don't think Samuel, and the Bible doesn't tell us how old he was at this time, but I don't think Samuel, he was doing all the things he was supposed to do down at the tabernacle, but he never had a relationship with God to where he could hear God's voice and God could speak to him and he could speak to God. Now, I know that we've got the complete word of God. I know that we can talk to God. But I really believe that there's some of you in this auditorium, yes, you're involved, but you're not attached. You've been taught all the importance. You went through soul winning training class last Thursday night, and you've gone through several soul winning training classes from the time you were in sixth grade. You know, what's the opener and how to, how to, win, how to t give the plan of salvation and what illustration to use. And you've been taught all the things of church. And it's not a matter of that you're raised in a first-generation home or a second-generation Christian home. It's just a matter of you're in church, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And some of you just can't wait to get out of church. And it's not because you don't like being here. It's just that it's not real to you. And I don't, and, and listen, I'm not, I'm not trying to be insulting tonight. I'm just saying you might be Samuel tonight. It just might be a matter of fact that God's allowing you to be involved in ministry because one day somebody's going to preach or you're going to be having your devotions or you're going to be alone and all of a sudden the Spirit of God's going to impress upon your heart that he wants to do something with you. He just didn't know God yet. I probably come down sometimes maybe too hard on our young people because I want you to know God now. I want you to figure out that having your devotions that God can really speak to you. I, would, I want you to want to get up in the morning because you want to get up in the morning to spend time with God. I, I wish I could do that as your pastor and maybe your parent hopefully the same. I, we would like for you to know God now, but I want to tell you something. After reading this, it might be just that it's not happened yet. I look at Hophni and Phinehas, it never happened for them. Hophni and Phinehas were the priests that breathed down at the tabernacle, and it never, they never knew God. I guess as your preacher, I, I would like to say, I can handle it not happening yet, but I sure hope it never happens, never. I hope that sometime you're sitting in a church service and it's like, yeah, I want to do what God wants. Or yes, I want to be, if God wants me a missionary, yes. If he wants me in full-time Christian service, yes. I just want to do what he wants. 
Can I tell you tonight that even in Samuel's situation, he didn't, didn't know God yet, but I want to tell you how he didn't know God. When that time finally came, it's because he was already serving God. And as he served as a child, it came to a place where God could actually speak to him. Second of all, I want you to look at verse chapter 3 now. Look at verse number 1. Verse number 1 says this, And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And then it says, And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. What the Bible means by there was no open vision, it's talking about there was no word from the Lord. The reason we know that is because of Proverbs 29, 18, where it says, Where there is no vision... The people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. So vision was not a goal, like we often use that verse. It was the word of God. He, the reason he wants to go to Hayes, Kansas, is because there's not the word of God. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there's no word of God, the people perish. Look at the last verse. I think it's the last verse of the chapter there. In chapter number 3, look at verse number 21. It says, And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to who? Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord, if you go right into the next chapter, chapter 4, the first phrase, and the word of Samuel came to who? So you know what God did? What God did is God did what, what I want, I think it's what you want, is that when we come to church, we don't hear a sermon, we hear a message. Where God says to Samuel, this is, what, this is the word of the Lord to Samuel, and then it, this is the word from Samuel to Israel. And that's what we hope when we come to hear preaching is that God would speak to my heart and he would speak to us directly. Can, can I just get you to understand the first verse and the last verse, chapter number three, is talking about the word of the Lord. And I again go back to this thing of, hey, you might not know the Lord yet, but I want to tell you how you're going to get to know the Lord. The first thing is you've got to keep ministering. The second thing is you've got to stay in the word of God. Hey, God's going to eventually turn the light on for a person who does these four things tonight. I'm just telling you that what Samuel did are, was the basics, and the basics is what God, God said, okay, now, now I want him to know me. Amen. I don't understand it. Our lives are all different. Our testimonies are all different. His testimony tonight was different, okay? I'm thankful I didn't have to wait till I was 21. I made a profession of faith when I was four, but at age 11, the light came on for me. When I graduated from high school, God never called me to pastor, but I wanted to be in ministry, so I didn't have direction from the Lord, zero direction from the Lord. So I go to college, and I go to college to be a, a school teacher, but in my first year of college, the light came on, the switch came on. It's when it, during that service under Brother Evangelist Phil Schuler that I said, God, I'm willing to do whatever you want, but that's all the light I had. That's all the direction I had. God, I'm willing now to do whatever you want. I go back, finish graduating from college. I go back, work for my father. And then in some years from that, then all of a sudden, it's like the Lord just turned the light on again. I want you to pastor. Now, can I just tell you that all of our lives are different. There's no cookie cutter. But I understand this one thing. God wants to speak to you. I know that from the book of John, chapter number four, when the woman at the well, he says, the father seeketh such to worship him in spirit and in truth. The Lord wants to speak to you in spirit and in truth. Amen. You might not know the Lord yet, you might not have that personal relationship with God. You might not be on that holy ground where the bush is burning and, but yet not being consumed. You might not be in those, uh, that, that mountain where Elijah's at and there's an earthquake and there's a, there's a, uh, there's a rain and there's a, there's a wind, and, but then all of a sudden there's that still small voice. Maybe you haven't reached that point in your life yet that, man, almost, that, you, that you got almost emotional to where you just felt like God was speaking to you? Okay, it hasn't happened yet, but it will happen. And it will happen if you do these things that Samuel did. He ministered unto the Lord even as a child before he ever knew God. He read, uh, we, um, we should read the Bible. He got the word of the Lord. And it was the word of the Lord that caused him to know God. 
we have the Bible in our hand. We've got a book that you can spend on a regular basis. You can get up and you can read the Word of God. And you say, Pastor, I read the Bible and I, I just feel like I don't get anything out of it. God's Word cannot, cannot he said, cannot return void. So you got up this morning and you read out of Leviticus or 2 Chronicles. You read out of one of those minor prophets and you think, what in the world is this talking about? You read the book of Revelation and it was prophetical. And you think, I just don't feel like I'm getting anything out of it. I'm promising you from the word of God based upon the promise of God's word that his word cannot return void. If you want to know God, you need to read the book. When I was younger, and I can't tell you the age, but when I was younger, of course, Proverbs was one of the big things I was doing, but I got under conviction about reading my whole Bible through. And so I didn't have a borrowing schedule back then. I don't remember what my age was then. And I didn't even have, back then, I don't think I was even using a Schofield Bible, a reference Bible at all. It was just a regular Bible. And when I would read a chapter or two or three, I would circle the number at the top of the chapter, whatever the chapter was, chapter four, chapter five, I would just circle the number. So whenever I came back to that, I knew exactly where I left off. Sometimes I would read two chapters. Sometimes I would read three. Sometimes I would read five. You young people in here, do not allow the read three chapters a day to discourage you because you think to yourself, I can't read three chapters a day. Read two chapters a day. Circle the number of the, of the chapter that you, and then in the next year, it might take you a year and three months or it might take you a year and six months to read your Bible, but you will still have read your Bible through. Amen. Read your Bible. You say, I don't know God yet, serve the Lord. You say, I don't know God yet, read your Bible. Look what else is kind of interesting. Look at verse number four, chapter number three. If you'll notice in the story that Samuel comes to Eli in verse number four, and the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, here am I, and he ran unto Eli. We understand that this takes place through this entire story, but jump down to verse number nine. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, now remember in verse number eight, he realized it was the Lord. He perceived that the Lord had called the child. Verse nine, therefore Eli said unto Samuel, go lie down and it shall be if he call thee that thou shalt say, speak Lord for thy servant here. So Samuel went and lay down in his place and the Lord came and stood and called as at other times. What did Samuel do? Samuel, Samuel, then Samuel answered, speak for thy servant heareth. Church family, if you're, uh, and children, young people, Really, this is not just a kid's message tonight, but all of us, if you're at a place where you feel like you just don't know what God wants, and you still feel like that God's not giving you direction in your life, where you don't know the Lord yet, hey, I like that three-letter word, by the way. You know what that three-letter word does for you? It means it's coming. Amen. Yet. It means that, that, that there's a hope, there's light at the end of the tunnel. The Lord's, the Lord's going to do something. Okay, so... Maybe you haven't seen anybody except Christ as their Savior. Maybe you haven't got to lead anybody to the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe you haven't read your Bible and it just seemed like it was illuminated in the room. But I'm just telling you yet that the Lord wants to do that. The Lord wants to use you. How does it happen? You need to serve the Lord. How does that happen? You read the Bible. Now, I want to say a couple more things before I tell you this third idea. But isn't it interesting that Samuel had to go to Eli, and Eli was not the greatest man of God. If you were, we don't have time to read it all, but in chapters 2 and 3, the Bible says in chapter 2 and verse number 29 that the prophet comes to Eli and says, Eli, you're honoring your sons above God. In the same verse, he said to Eli, you have made yourself fat with the offerings of Israel. In chapter 3 and verse number 13, Samuel was being spoken to by God, and God said his sons, Eli's sons, were vile, and the reason they were reviled, because Eli did not restrain them. But church family, can I also remind you, that it was Eli that sent Samuel back to his room and said, I'm going to tell you what to say. Right. Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Hey, listen, I know you don't know the Lord yet, but you need to listen to the man of God. 
You need to listen to the man of God. Church, I feel like I've said it a lot here of, here of recent days. And again, I never want our church to be dictator or, or, or I really want it to be God-led. I, don't want, I know God puts men in to lead, but I want, it, I want us to make sure that we understand God, Christ is the head of the church. I want us to understand that, listen, what we do here, we're not doing because this is Pastor Hanks. We're doing this because this is God so that whenever the next person comes in, this church should not skip a beat. This is the Sunday night crowd. This should be the same Sunday night crowd plus others when I'm gone and God brings the next pastor involved. God gives you a man of God. And that man of God you should listen to and that man of God you should follow. And there's too many, too many verses we could turn to tonight that we understand that specifically from Hebrews 13, but over and over and over how important that is. And can I just tell you, the young people of our church, they need a man of God that they can talk to that will point them in the right direction. Eli was... Man, I'd be the first thing to say, Eli was not the greatest example with all the things that was going on with his kids. But I will say this, God still used Eli to give Samuel direction. You don't know the Lord yet? Yet? Then I can tell you right now, you need to serve God. You need to minister as a child. I can tell you right now, you need to make sure that you get a word from God. You need to be in the book. I can tell you right now, if you don't know the Lord yet, what you should do is you should listen to the man of God. Young people, let me talk to you real quick because your parents, I'm not, uh, your parents would agree, I'm pretty sure, but are y'all, young people, look at me now. I, mean, I think I got everybody's attention. I don't want you to miss what I'm about to say. I can't tell you how important the services are. I've had kids before that one kid's over on this side, of the, another kid's on this side of the town, and I found out after the service, but they're texting each other in the service. I can't tell you how irreverent that is. And I'm not talking about irreverent to me. That's irreverent to God. God's trying to speak to you, and you have, you have, you have disesteemed his word. I've been here now all these years, and I've said from the time I came, and I'll say it again now, I don't think our kids need to come to church in color. You say, well, you know, they're only three and four years old, and I just want to give them something to do. And I understand part of that is, is you as a parent, you want to be able to get something from the service instead of having to take your kid out and spanking them. By the way, that's just biblical. Amen. Spanking is still biblical. And I don't care what the lost world says, and I don't care about political correctness. I'm just telling you that we got to spank our children, and discipline them, discipline them and rear them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. But, but you young people, when you come to church, I want to tell you something. In, I, think, I think it's great that you stay with your families and, and sit with your families. But if you're not sitting with your family, this thing is trying to get as far away from the preaching as possible. You're making a statement and you're telling everybody about it. You ought to want to be close to the preacher. And really, can I say it better this way? You ought to want to be close to preaching. There's nothing wrong with taking notes during a service. There's nothing wrong with underlining a verse and circling a word. Now, young people, I want, to, I want to tell you this, and this is going to come across as a reproof, but I love you. But I want to tell you something. You do not need a parent to tell you to bring your Bible to church. Do you want to know God or not? How do you expect to know God, and you're not even, you don't even have his word with you? I'm just telling you right now, it will never be a yet. If you're not doing these things that we're talking about, it won't happen. If you can't serve God and you don't want to serve God, and you, as far as ministering to the Lord, and you don't want to spend time and reading the God's word or listen, listen to the man of God when he's preaching, you can't wait for this thing to get over. You know, some of you, I think the only reason you like my preaching is because it's only about 27 minutes. 
And you know what? I am fine with that because believe me, I grew up in a Christian home, went to church all the time. And so I'm very, I, I seemingly more conscious. My wife says that I'm getting longer as far as the services. And I don't want to become that kind of person, to be honest with you. I don't want to just go on and on and on. I don't want to repeat myself and go on and on and on. You know, I'm the farthest thing from what you, as a pastor, and I don't say this with false humility. Um, in my opinion, I wish the Lord would give you something better than, than me, but I will say this. You do have a preacher that believes with all his heart that every service is a message. I have a lot of faults, but I will tell you this. I believe that. I believe that. And, you know, as your pastor, I wish I was God because I don't know who the message is going to. All I know is, is we're a collective body. The message is for everybody. But I do believe there are some people who catch the message and there's some people who don't. I'm just trying to tell you that your time hasn't maybe come yet. You haven't been called to preach. You haven't been called to missions. You haven't really even surrendered your life to God's will. But it's not happened yet. You're sitting in a church service and your, your mom and dad, their entire prayer for you is that you would do God's will for your life. That's it. Amen. It's not that, God, would you please send them into ministry? God, would you help them to just to do your will? I'm going to tell you how it happens. The day's going to come. The light's going to come on. The voice is going to be heard. And it's going to happen because you were serving the Lord, because you read your Bible, because you listened to the man of God. Look at the last thing I see in chapter 3. Look at verse number 10 with me. Chapter 3 and verse number 10. And the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. And the Lord said to Samuel. Just in the verses that are mentioned here, you're going to find that Samuel spoke to God and God spoke to Samuel. Samuel spoke to God, God spoke to Samuel. And again, the picture here is that Samuel was willing to talk to God. He comes to Eli and Eli says, Hey, I know now what's going on. You go back and lay down. And when you hear that voice again, talk to him. I had a grown lady call me this week and from out of state and said, she, that she just knew us, and she said, what do I do about praying? I said, I just don't, I just don't feel like I do praying justice. I, I, and, and I'm summarizing what she said. I just don't, I just don't know that I'm doing it right. Uh, I believe so strongly in after this manner, pray ye, that every Christian ought to pray the Lord's Prayer. I just, I just feel like God told us this is how I want you to pray, so I think that's probably how we should pray. Amen. I can't tell you when I first started praying as a young person trying to spend time with God, I'd spend five minutes and it seemed like an hour because I, I thought, felt like I had to come up with what I was supposed to say. Man, alive, I, every morning it's, it's like it's already in my head what I'm supposed to say. God, you're a great God. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. God, thank you for all that you do for me. Thanks for loving me. Thanks for getting me up this morning. Thanks for saving me. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your mercy, your compassion. God, thank you for your help, your protection. Thanks for my wife and children, ministry, and people. God, thank you that you know what the future holds. Thank you again that you're omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent. God, thank you that you're God. I don't feel any pressure. I don't have to come up with words. You know, you young people in here, God, you don't know God yet, but you're on the verge of knowing God, but you're going to have to talk to him. 
And, and I'm just telling you, it's really easy to talk to him. It's not hard. And just because you don't hear this audible voice back, he hears you. Take the model prayer. Take its sections. I don't care if it lasts you two minutes, but get yourself, form yourself the habit. I only like that word in the sense of knowing God, but form the self of a habit of I'm going to talk with God every day of my life where it's just going to be me and him. Church family, Samuel was down at the tabernacle for X amount of years that we don't know in his childhood, uh, lighting candle, the candle for lighting, and, lighting up the tabernacle, uh, putting things away, uh, moving an offering over here, just being the gopher for Eli and possibly even his sons, the priests. But you know what was happening in, Eli's, or in Samuel's life? It was, it, was a, it was a habit that was growing in his life that eventually, in the end of chapter number three, that everybody from Dan to Beersheba, all, the Bible says all, all the Israelites from Dan and Beersheba knew that Samuel knew God. David and Delight are going to go back to Panama. Sometimes preachers call me and ask for a recommendation for, that, for them, actually for all three, Ben, Samuel, Ben, David, and David. And um, I, all three of them, really. I have no uh, hesitation. You know what? Because I believe David, I think David knows God. I don't know if you listen to David's message, and I mean, I'm going to close here, but I don't know if you listen to David's message. He preached chapel. It's on the uh, internet. Um, open Doors, is that what you end up preaching was the title of it? David is preaching on open doors, and he kept referring to uh, Topeka and the church there, and pastors looking for open doors. And I'm in Topeka while you were preaching, by the way, looking at church buildings um, that morning, thir uh, Thursday morning. But David mentioned that in his message that, and I had forgotten, but David had mentioned in his message that when he felt that God had called him to Panama, it was during a missions conference. And then David came to me and said, hey, listen, I feel like I'm called to missions conference. And I said, good, let's talk about it tomorrow. And then David came to me the next day in the missions conference and says, I really feel like God's calling me into in, in missions. And I think, did you tell me Panama at that time? It was Panama. He told me that, uh, that it was Panama. And I said, good, let's talk about it tomorrow. He was relaying this in the message, and it was bringing back the memory. And to be honest with you, David was already working for us on the staff. David already knew Spanish. And I didn't want David just going to Panama just because he knew Spanish. I wanted to make sure that he knew that it was God. Amen. In David's words, the third time he came, I said, okay. You know, I have no doubt in my mind that David is exactly where he's supposed to be, not because... This church or your, his pastor said you should be in Panama. It's because he knows God. Amen. Amen. Young people, listen to me tonight before I close. Some of you are, you're not very far away from making a major decision in your life as far as who you're going to marry, what college you're going to go to, what career you're going to go into. Can I just tell you, you better make sure you know God. You better make sure. You better make sure. And I'm telling you, you're just like Samuel. You don't know God yet. And because you don't know God yet, you have a mother and father, and some, maybe to a degree, a preacher, but you have a mother and father and says, hey, this is what I want you to do. This is where you're going. This is where, this is, yeah. Okay, so you're taking orders right now, but can I just tell you something? All of that, that's just preliminary for you knowing God. Because your parents are not gonna be there. 
We're not going to be there. And if you don't know God, you're going to mess your life up. How does a Hophni and Phinehas spend their entire time at the tabernacle to their grown days, to their married days, because they were married, to their married days, and they still did not know God? I want to tell you why. They weren't ministering for the right reason. I'm going to tell you why. They never talked to God. I'm going to tell you why. Because they didn't get a word from God. And I'll tell you why. They wouldn't even listen to their own father who was the man of God. Because when their own father went to them, they laughed it off. Wouldn't listen to the man of God. You know, when I was growing up in Sauk Village, he was my dad, but yet he was my pastor. And he would have us do different things. And I just never questioned it. I don't know why, to be honest with you. Of course, dad was a strong disciplinarian. And then when I switched over to that, graduating from college to working for dad, I was married. Um, it was already ingrained in us. Listen to the man of God. It was already ingrained in us. This is ministry. Let's get it done. It was already ingrained in us. Read your Bible, pray. Now, does it get any more basic than that? Serve, read your Bible, pray, listen to the man of God. And you know what's going to happen? You don't know God yet, but one day you're going to hear the voice. It's going to be God's voice. I sure hope you don't miss it. Why don't you bow your head and close your eyes tonight?